Well, hello and welcome to the show today. Those of you who are watching on the YouTube channel, I am wearing this blouse for a reason. Those of you who are just listening, it couldn't be more artsy. And that's because of my special guest today, Deidre Berryman, and you are going to hear about her in just a moment. Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. Okay, so you know uh, probably a lot about me by now. I can't believe this is five years into doing it right with as much as listeners 4.K and growing subscribers. I'm so grateful. And that just says that we're doing something right the passion is just that. It's bringing you, my audience, people that I've vetted who are indeed making a living, living their life, doing it right, maintaining their integrity and leadership lessons galore to share with you. So stay tuned. I always want to thank my sponsors. And this one today is Taylor Handbags. And it's at Instagram at shop Stephanie Taylor. And her website is taylorbags.com. They're beautiful handbags made in Spain. They are such a unique designs, well-priced. Go to her website, taylorbags.com. Now, here's what I want to tell you about today's show. From mechanical pencil to triangle to pen and ink. <laughs> a 30-year career path starting with architecture to founder and artist of Studio Daedra. This is a talented woman that I found many years ago who now has created such a legacy, legacy of design and inspiration. I want you to meet and I'll show you what I want you to look at, some of the things that I have been purchasing through the years that brought me to Daedra to bring to you today. You know that I teach image and etiquette. That's who I am, the image and etiquette person. And I found these box cards long ago. They fit every part of what I do in the etiquette realm. So this one, as you can see, is a full-on dining card. This one is a luncheon card. These are thank you notes I send to my clients if I'm doing one of these programs. This one is I've met a client for lunch. Coffee, I should say. Coffee, that one was lunch. This one is a cup of coffee. They get a thank you note from me. And then just a generic one. Aren't these cool? Well, if you think these are cool, wait till you see some of her other designs. So I want to welcome to the show, Deidre Barrington. Thank you so much for Cal from coming from California. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome. So let, let me just tell you how much I have enjoyed using your fabulous designs. And these are, you've had these for a long time. You have expanded Deidre to what, 4,000 products? Yes, I just, for me, it's the love of, of illustration and design. And um, once I get on a theme, 
I just get so excited and I just keep going. And that's what I really love to do. And part of um, my maintenance and growing through the pandemic was to try and find other products that I can put my imagery on besides just paper. Because paper, although I know you're you're talking about etiquette and yes, heaven knows the world needs more etiquette. Um, people are texting and um, you know doing other things more these days than actually sitting down and writing paper. So yes, I just continue to create. I don't care whether I'm designing a building or um, a note card or a scarf. It's all it's all enjoyment to me. I want to go back to your architectural background. Uh, it's interesting to me that today's architectural students, male, female, the recent stats that I got anyway, Daedra, say that about 49% are females, in fact. Tell us about how you even got into architecture. Well, there were a couple of factors. When I was um, in the second grade, my parents uh, designed and built their home. And um, I watched the whole construction process. I was really interested in it. It turns out that I had been drawing buildings for years prior to ever thinking about doing architecture. And then as I moved through the public school system, um, I'm of the Sputnik generation. <laughs> uh, I got uh, pushed into math and science, although I really, really loved art. Um, and somewhere down the line, I decided that um, it was a good mix of art and math and science, and that that might be a good place for me. And, oh, I should add that um, I thought I could do a better job than the architect who designed my parents' house. How's that for ego? <laughs> so that's how I ended up in, um, in architecture. So I'm curious, my husband studied architecture, and he never became an architect. But I will tell you, he went to work for IBM, and that means I've been moved. And there wasn't one move that his hand didn't touch. He either was designing things or so. I so appreciate the talent that you have. Um, when you were designing buildings, what style were they? Oh, they were mostly modern. Um, when I had my own architectural firm, I did uh, primarily residential. And to me, it was just about making the client happy. So if they wanted something, uh, I, I tried to work with them either to um, mimic something from the past or do something modern. But when I worked in other firms, um, gosh, I had sort of a specialization in restaurants. Um, hmm. I worked uh, on the original Hard Rock Cafe. I worked on, um, there was a great Nike store down in Westwood with a swoosh that crashed through the window. So <sighs> mostly modern, mostly cutting edge. I mean, the challenge to architecture is to be able to figure out how to have a small budget, but do something fabulous. If you've got tons of money, it, it, it's not fair. It, <laughs> architecture is easy. You can do anything. But if you've got a budget, that's where the real genius comes in. You know what? Thank you for saying that. That is so true. Come to Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting some very interesting oogly buildings. 
So stay with me on this for a minute because I, I can't draw a stick figure, Daedra. So it's always been fascinating to me how you can just sit down, I guess, with pen and ink. What, what do you do when you're coming up with any of your designs? What's going through your head? Well, it's all different. Um, I use all different medias. I love to dabble in just about everything. So um, you can see behind me, maybe there's like some watercolors. So I work in watercolor. Um, when, when I was closer to my architectural career, I used to love to work in really tight pen and ink. It was very specific, um, very um, precise. Uh, and I still do enjoy that. Now um, I work in looser media, everything starts in pencil, and I do a lot of my drawing on a graphics tablet now. And um, my style is a self-developed style. It's, I think, inspired by watercolor. That's what I always go for when I'm doing my illustrations. And like I say, it's, you know, uh, I did a, a, a my, my, interests have metamorphosed, right? So as mm -hmm. I went through my career, I started with very strict cards, like holiday cards and birthday cards and get well cards. And the latest, latest jag I've sort of been on was portraiture. And I decided that I was going to do a series on my favorite mid-century modern architects and designers. So um, I drew Francis Knoll, I drew Eros Saarinen, I drew Frank Lloyd Wright, I drew Julia Morgan. And I did the same thing with women artists like Frida Kahlo. And, um, and once I started doing one, I would be so interested, I would just keep looking and, and I enjoy the challenge of trying to make something look um, real and and do homage to people who have done so much for design in the world or whatever I happen to be mm -hmm. studying at the moment. But I, I get off on tangents, right? <laughs> Don't we all? You know, one time, Daedra, I was taking an innovation course. I am very curious and I love to learn new things. Well, this innovation course had us all go to a grocery store to get innovation, find something that we were interested in, whatever it was, to go to a hardware store, to stand out on the street. It was one of the most interesting courses I've ever had. What, was the, what the outcome was, at least for me, was to realize there's interesting things everywhere if you look for them, meaning ideas, uh, creation, colors, logos, all of that. So for the audience's sake, those of my audience who are like me can't draw stick figures, but we have businesses, we run companies, we have teams we lead. So have you. Tell us what you'd, you'd give us for advice on how to find those magical moments of innovation that we can turn into something that's tangible in our career. I think probably the best advice I have for you is try to do things that you think you might not be good at. Really? Yeah, because if you just do the things that you know you're good at, you're gonna sort of stay in the same space so try and stretch yourself a little bit 
and do something that you think you might not be so good at, right? Um, I think that would be my, um, my advice. Okay, so stay with me on this. I, let's say that I am a leader in a company or I'm an entrepreneur or a small business owner and I'm leading people. So one of the things that's most difficult today from what I'm hearing from my leaders that I coach or workshops is that people are checking out. Uh, people are not wanting to come back to the office. Getting them back engaged. What kinds of things would you advise as an entrepreneur to keep people engaged? Get them to keep wanting to come back and use their gifts, whatever they are. I think, I can only speak from my experience, but offering somebody a challenge, mm. asking them to stretch a little bit, do something that maybe they're not quite so comfortable with, with guidance, mm. um, giving them a little more responsibility, um, and saying thank you and good job every now and then. I think so many people forget to give credit where it's due and we're so often better as a team than we are as an individual. And um, I just think when when I had a series, a, a group of people working with me, I just thought we were always better and stronger together. And that, um, yeah, you really just have to say thank you. I That's part of why I started my own business because I got really sick of never getting any glory, any thank you, and just getting blamed for the things that get wrong, mm. done wrong. And I don't know if that was a woman thing or if that was just an attitude with bosses, but I, I don't like that. And I, I think those are, that's what I would do to try and keep people engaged. Well, that's a perfect lead in to one of your top takeaways you shared, Deidre, which is collaboration is amazing. And the good news is I am finding then in companies, at least that I'm working in, they are having more collaboration. They are realizing that group think is much better than individual think. And we all know that. The other thing I loved that you said to me was be confident from your heart in what you do. Talk about that. Well, just about anything in life is better if you approach it from your inner self. Um, I love to draw, which is maybe why I've had some success with the business that I've done. I just don't think you can go all in and feel good about what you do if, if you don't like it, if you don't commit to it. And I know I have turned away um, jobs because I didn't feel good about what I was drawing. Mm. Very early in my career, people would come up and say, can't you draw a soccer ball? My son would like to have a soccer <laughs> ball. And I'm like, oh, a soccer ball. I go to, go to the drugstore and get one and take a picture. I just, I'm not interested. So I think you're better if if you're vested in what you're doing right 
you know, thank you for that advice. I am laughing at myself because early on, and I think many entrepreneurs do this. Well, sure, I can do that. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And I can do this. And now as a brand specialist, no, get your niche, get your niche, know your purpose. Okay. So that sounds like ethereal, right? Know your purpose, but you just said it. What, what jazzes you? What is it that you do really well? I'll tell you a funny story once of a, uh, working as an external facilitator for a change management firm. I've told this before, but it's worth sharing again. And a new manager came in and there were several of us facilitators that went around the world and taught change management. And she said, I just want to get to know all of you. So I'm going around the room and I just want to ask you, uh, what is it that you do best? And when it came to, well, she, I was the second one. And so it was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to say? Out of my mouth, I said, I'm great at brainstorming. And she stopped. And Daedra, she said, I'm going to remember that. So it wasn't that I had time to think about something professional or profound that I could say. She really just wanted to get to know us. And I tell you that story to lead into something else that you said, which is um, be ready to shift gears and take on a new direction. That's what I had to do. No, I'm not going to do everything. I can do a lot of things. But Valerie, what do you do best? Image etiquette. Image etiquette. I used to own a charm school. Hello. And that became my brand. So be ready to shift gears and take a new direction. You had to do that, Daedra. Tell us a little bit about that and, and how you kept your confidence. Gosh, I have to say it's been more than just one time. I mean, when you've had a career as long as mine doing this, um, I mean, it was the transition from architecture to illustration. It was... Um, realizing that stationary is not um, not what it used to be. I used to do tons of wedding invitations and albums and with the advent of um, digital photos and digital photo albums, people stopped buying those. Um, I was one of the first people to put art on tape, but then you know bigger companies start doing what you're doing and you have to change again. It's your whole career, in fact your whole life, is one gigantic transition. And I think once you are unable to shift anymore, that must be when you're old. I'm not quite there yet. I'm still moving and, and trying to figure things out. But you've got, resilience is one of the biggest underrated traits that I think um, employers should look for. Hmm. Um, can you, uh, I mean, I sort of have an engineering background, you know, so, you know, you you learn how to jerry-rig things, you learn how to try things. I mean, over the years, try and fail, try and fail, experimentation, um, until you end up with something that you like. And then if you like it, chances are somebody else is going to like it. So, um, gosh, 
Yeah, you just have to you, you just have to be willing to let go of things that aren't working for you anymore and move forward and and you know, like you Valerie, um my background came out of architecture, but it it has influenced every step of my life and regarding the collection that I was talking about of great architects and women designers, I mean my passion followed from architecture directly to in the into that and i i sell this stuff now to museums and and you know um places where people who are already interested in this uh this area of design go to wow that's um uh, that's that's said so beautifully it really is and encouragingly you know, one of the other things on resilience that is happening now, and I'd love for you to talk to us about AI, all of a sudden, as you know, it's there. It seems like I went to sleep last night and the world changed this morning because of two letters, AI. And with all things, I know there's a good and a bad, you know, positive, negative. What are, what are you seeing in AI as it affects your world? Well, I don't think it affects me the same way that it has affected other companies. Um, because I'm so focused on my artwork, AI isn't necessarily directly affecting that. But I would say the one thing that I do see that when I do a custom project, when I have clients who want me to do some sort of illustration, mm -hmm. um, they think that what I do is I take a picture and I hit a button and my work is done. That's it. They think that's all there is to it. They don't realize that I'm actually hand drawing everything that I do. And so I think it gives us a lesser perceived value um, mm -hmm. as far as what we're doing because there's a lack of appreciation because yes you can do that you can go hit Monet on your um, you know on your iPhone and it'll make whatever picture you take look like a Monet picture or a Van Gogh or whatever and I think um, it it's kind of robbing artists yes. of their own originality and yes. appreciation for what they do yes so fascinating so fascinating well and in in leadership sometimes it's really helpful when i write something now and i've been writing for 35 years but i have no problem as an example putting into ai this is what i want to say and getting their feedback back and it's been fascinating Daedra in that and this is the only art I have is writing but I'll put something in and I'll put it in five times redo redo rewrite rewrite it is it is good I have to say it's really good and one time I said add humor and it was really good but I art I don't know. No one, nothing is going to replace your hand and your mind and your pen to that paper, Daedra. I don't think that's, I don't think that will be less lessened as a 
talent that you have. Are you finding that? I think that there's more than a computer screen to artwork and design. Yeah. And it's, it's visual. And you touched upon that earlier. There are so many times where you go someplace and you see something or you see a grouping of colors or, or you're talking to somebody and you get inspired by what's said and it just makes your heart sing and it's a ah, <laughs> that this is a great idea or this is exactly how something should look or you just know when you've done something really really wonderful and it makes you smile and I kind of walk out real happy when I've done something that I'm proud of. So <laughs> and you've I don't been, think AI will take that away from me. <laughs> no, and you've been smiling this whole time. It's so obvious you have such passion. You know, uh, Daedra, the other thing I wanted to touch on that I really appreciated is you said, wait for what you want to come. I think, especially in today's society, it's really, really hard not to have instant gratification, yes. right? Yes. And especially with people that are a lot younger than me, they're expecting everything to come to them right away. Yeah. And, you know, I've had lots of hobbies, some I'm good at, some not so much, but it seems to me that the longer you practice something, the more you think about it, mm -hmm. the better you get at it. And all the people who are, how would she say, just in it for a quick flash, mm. they drop to the side and he who is that, if, if if drawing the rabbit, the hare and the tortoise, the tortoise just creeps along at its own rate and, and gets there and wins in the long run. Whereas mm. those that like speed up, just burn out and disappear. And I think you have to have patience in whatever you do. Mm. It's you know when with some of my clients you know i see a great fit but they're not there yet and you have to wait for it you have to build relationships you have to um use etiquette okay <laughs> and 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 it will come to you mm -hmm. i couldn't have written that any better thank you great wisdom daedra it's been fascinating to finally meet the artist behind these cards I've been using all these years. And how can our audience buy your art? And now you're doing all kinds of faces too. Mm -hmm. I do faces and I'm doing some scarves and, you know, things like that. Um, I, if anybody wants to find me, look for studiodaedra.com. Um, and it is on the banner as we speak, studiodaedra.com. Daedra, I wish you continued growth and success. And I don't think I have to say more fulfillment because you couldn't be more glowing in everything you've talked about. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, thank you for inviting me. It was an absolute pleasure. And thank you for supporting me all these years. Absolutely. And stay tuned because I always have a Valerieism that I end with. And today's is keep your wings level. Keep your wings level. Keep your head right. 
Focus on what's in front of you and stay level to the horizon. If I had to summarize all of that, I wrote it for myself today because in all honesty, there are times, audience, when we get discouraged that maybe our vision of what we're doing currently seems to be the right direction, but nothing's happening. No, don't stop. Daedra said it, and I'm saying it to you. Keep your wings level, which just means if you believe, like she does and I do, that something we are bring, that has been bubbling up in us, if it stays there and it keeps bubbling, there's a reason. So let it birth, be patient, be resilient, yes, but stay the course. And that's my Valerieism for today. Until next time, bye for now. Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, valerieandcompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically.